Hi, everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. I'm so happy that you're tuning in to today's episode with my new friends, Rochelle and Hayden of Birdie Golf. This is an episode I have been so eager to share, but before we dive in, I want to give you all a quick update in regard to, well, all things HSDT. If this is your first time listening, a very special welcome to you. You have stumbled upon a fabulous episode to be introduced to the podcast. It's high energy and a ton of fun. I want to let you know that we do have quite a few episodes over on Apple. If you have a brand or a business or perhaps an influencer or a woman online that you admire, um, take a look. We may have had them on the podcast. You would be surprised how many DMs I receive uh, requesting episodes with guests we've already had on, which is the benefit of doing this for almost two years. It's been a blast and there's so much momentum and movement in regard to the podcast. One of the updates I'd love to share is just a friendly reminder. If you didn't notice, we have been highlighting the summit, the Southern Sea Conference that I went to in February this month. It's been so much fun as well as last month to welcome on other entrepreneurs, business owners, and attendees of that conference and really unpack what their takeaways were so that my listeners can then put into practice some of the lessons they learned into their own lives. You guys, on Saturday, we also dropped an episode giving a little bit of the behind the scenes as to what it looks like for us to receive guest recommendations. At this point, it is really something. I talk numbers in that episode. I talk about how I'm really looking to make this a business. What are the steps we're taking to make that a reality? Whew. It's all there. It's all in that Saturday episode, and it's just amazing to see the support coming in. Thank you. So many of you have opted in for a monthly support option of the podcast, and that means the world. You can find the link to do so in our bio at Emily Landers on Instagram or at How'd She Do That Podcast on Instagram. Well, like I said, this episode is high energy. It's so much fun. To think that Birdie Golf started just last year is pretty insane. You're going to hear me mention that a couple of times. Lastly, the ladies mentioned their collaboration with Sue Sarter. It's live. Go ahead and check it out. Here is Rochelle and Hayden on How'd She Do That? Today's guest Hayden Schaffner and Rochelle Williams are the founders of Birdie Golf Social Wear. The ladies launched their impressive brand in March of 2021. Birdie was born from golden hour golf cart rides with their grandmothers and learning life's lessons through the game of golf. An important lesson they have learned over the years and have put into practice is to never compromise their personal style for any occasion. Their mission is to bridge the gap between modern fashion and performance while paying homage to the sophistication and style of their matriarch's wardrobes. Through Birdie Golf, Rochelle and Hayden hope to not only reintroduce personal style back to the game, but also celebrate a new generation of women who bring friendships, cocktails, and legacies to the 19th hole. As a cherry on top, they are proud to produce and manufacture all of their pieces stateside. When the ladies aren't shooting new products, sharing their stories with women like myself, they are likely swinging easy with family and friends. Rochelle and Hayden, welcome to How'd She Do That? 
Emily, I want you to commentate my whole life. <laughs> I just need you by my side every so single day. Impressive. That was lovely. Oh, well, I'm so glad. And I have to admit, I was Googling golf sayings for that intro. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we do that all the time. Yep. <laughs> it's so cute and it's just too easy and everything that you guys are doing I'm like, "Oh my gosh, the the, uh, the you've made it so easy for us to fall in love with Birdie." So, to have oh. you all on the podcast today and I have to just share this really quickly. I didn't really want to hit record. I just kind of wanted to keep talking to you. <laughs> We agree. <laughs> so now that we're able to, and now that we have people listening in, I, I'm so excited to dive in and to get to know you both. So let's get started. Let, let's dive in. Maybe tell us a little bit about yourselves, perhaps give us a little update about where you both went to school and what did you major in? Okay, I'll start. Rochelle here, <laughs> the elder. Oh, <laughs> So I was born in Palm Beach, um, still have my dad and my sister there, and um, moved to the mountains of North Carolina, a really small town, Roaring Gap, which is in Allegheny County, so the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains, but quite the transition from a Floridian to a mountain girl. <laughs> um, but honestly, I wouldn't have traded it for the world. It's a stunning place to be and um, just a, a really beautiful place to grow up and lots of life lessons learned, but mm. I went to the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, majored in communication studies and, and media studies. I had a double major and, and thought I was going down the journalism <laughs> path and, and took a, a hard right. <laughs> said, nope, that's not for me yeah. immediately after college. So, um, and then ended up in fashion. I think it kind of fell into mm -hmm. my lap and, um, which is ultimately how I met Hayden, which we'll eventually get there. But oh. I'll pass it. I'll pass it over to her because she she has a much more interesting. No, background. <laughs> I actually do not. So I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, and then I went on to go to Auburn University in Auburn, Alabama. Um, pretty much everyone in Charlotte goes to Chapel Hill or NC State, mm -hmm. and I really wanted to, you know, get out there and do something different, uh, meet new people. So. I went to Auburn and I majored in apparel design and production, which is really playing a role now in my life. Um, I thought I would do something in design and production, but had no idea what was to come. So very fortunate for that degree. Oh, well, it's fun when two founders have very different majors and interest in college. I'm always curious how it plays out. But as a communication major, Rochelle, I definitely relate on on that entity. And it has served us well, has it not? We're podcasting, we're talking, we're communicating. So exactly. it's, it's fun to hear. Well, tell me this, because we, we talked a little bit about how your paths overlap. But first, what did it look like for you guys to step out of school? What were the first roles that you both took on? So for me, I actually did a very, very brief <laughs> internship at a local news station um, in Louisville, Kentucky. And that's oh. kind of when I quickly realized that that wasn't my career path and moved to Charlotte because a lot of my girlfriends from college were living in Charlotte, um, knew I wanted to end up in North, North Carolina ultimately. and. Um, started working as a sales associate at a local boutique called Coral. It was just such a great opportunity to kind of get um, the chance to meet a lot of local Charlotte yeah. women. Mm. Um, Charlotte is a, a really great small, big town. Mm. So it was so nice to move to Charlotte and know no, no one essentially, um, but be able to work on a shop floor to meet a lot of people. So that's kind of where my career 
transitioned was into fashion through that sales position. Yeah. Thank God for that. I know. (laughs) Kind of on the opposite. I, my first job out of college, I moved to New York. Um, I'm very New York obsessed, which is different from Rochelle. We have different views on the city. Um, But I'd interned there a few summers for a few different designers. And then, which I'll get into more, I got a really interesting opportunity to go to New York and help start a brand called Coco Shop. Um, Mm. The founder and I had met previously at an internship and kept up over the years. And she kind of knew I was in the design and production space. So she reached out to me and I was like, you know what, why not take the risk and go help her start this brand in New York? So moved there like literally a week after I graduated and oh. was there for two years and um, the rest is history. It's it's kind of a crazy opportunity I got. And at this point, you guys do not know each other yet. Is that right? No, no we, did. we did. So I met <laughs> Hayden. Hayden was in, you were in college? Yeah, I was a freshman in college when I entered at Capital. So okay. I started working at Capital in 2014. So, okay. Yeah. So um, I'm a, a few years older than Hayden. So um, Hayden was applying for an internship through Capital, and I was one of the people who hired Hayden on. I was so scared. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's funny now it's come full circle. So we worked together briefly um, when Hayden was home for the summers, mm-hmm. and then um, obviously Hayden went to New York and then reconnected essentially right as COVID was hitting. So the beginning of the pandemic is when we really reconnected. Now, what year did you both graduate? I graduated university (laughs) in 2014. Okay, nice. And I graduated in 18. Okay, 18. Okay. I asked because so many of my listeners are going to be like, who am I the same age of? And that's what I'm thinking (laughs) selfishly over here. And I graduated in 2013. From okay. uh, college. So, okay, this is fun. The, the timeline is coming together for me. And to hear <laughs> that you guys overlapped, but then yeah. Hayden moves off to New York. And at that point, if you can, what were you both thinking your career would look like in that season? It's a little bit of that post-grad season. Uh, Rochelle, you had realized, you know, I don't want to be in Kentucky. I don't want to be doing this news, you know, role or whatnot. And Hayden, you're off to New York. So take us back to that mindset for both of you. What did you think your career was going to look like at that point? Honestly, at that point for me, I... I had such a mindset, like I was always working for the man. <laughs> That's really what I always yeah. had thought. Like I wow. um, really have always had so many different ideas, but never, honestly, just never put the time to execute anything. Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately when I landed at Capital, it was such an incredible opportunity. I thought that I was going to be there truly for, I was there for seven years and I'm, thought wow. I was going to be there a lot longer. Um, so crazy. But I think really because of COVID and and how that altered my life so much when it came to work, where travel came to a screeching halt, and mm-hmm. it, I finally had the time to really focus and look in kind of at my life and say, what do I really want for the next 20, 30 years and, and wow. how do I take control of my own destiny is, is mm-hmm. really when I kind of had that come to Jesus moment that mm. I, I don't have to work for the man the whole time. <laughs> and I really do have this opportunity where I can work for myself. So it's, I think it's a huge pendulum swing from graduating university until 
until now, ultimately. Mm, so well said. And Hayden, what about you? At that season, you're you're in New York. Are you like, yeah. I'm, I'm living here forever? What were you thinking? Yeah, I feel like mine's not too far off from Rochelle because I got that firsthand experience, you know, starting this brand in New York with Taylor Simmons, the CEO of Coco Shop. And mm. I feel like the first few months, I'm like, this is awesome, like building a brand, you know, getting that firsthand experience. But I would say after a year there, I was like, you know, maybe I want to do this myself one day and realize how awesome it is to be working, you know, with one other person or for yourself. So I feel like where I am now is not too far off from where I hoped I would be. Mm. Um, So that worked out definitely for the best. That's cool. It's cool to think that you had the rumblings of, okay, wait, I could do this myself. And I think so many of us, even those those of you listening, you sense that even as you listen to the podcast or you find, you know, women that you're inspired by on social media or even in, in your personal life, you're like, okay, I feel like I could do it too. So I love this point in the conversation because here we go. At some point around this time, and you guys let us in, how did you both find the path towards starting Birdie? What what did this look like for you guys to reconnect? What were those early conversations like? Yeah, so I I think, again, kind of looking back at 2020 when everything was kind of changing in the world, I had always grown up playing golf. I played on my high school golf team. I come from a really rich history of golf and my Mm. dad's an amateur golfer. So we've always been around the sport and have always told people if I wanted to see my parents, I had to be (laughs) on the golf course. I love that. (laughs) Wow. Um, So when I kind of was at home more really kind of, again, reassessing what the future looked like for me, it kept on coming back to golf. And, and obviously when the world was shut down, you could still go out and play golf and, and, be out and about on the driving range and on the putting green. And when I was getting dressed for those occasions, I was wearing (laughs) Gucci shorts and a really fun (laughs) sundress or something that was cotton. And I kept on having conversations with my sister and my mom, who obviously ran into the same issues. So um, the conversation really started there. And it's something that we had talked about for a year or so. And then, um, of course, got out my cell phone and started calling everyone <laughs> I knew. And and Hayden's name kept on coming up in conversation. You need to reach out to Hayden. You need to get her experience. Um, knowing that she was in New York and never thinking in a million years I could coerce her back to Charlotte. <laughs> I basically bamboozled her into <laughs> moving back. Um, so it's it's just so interesting how it does come full circle. But um, golf for me has always been such a love, such a hobby. And I feel like it was such uh, a void in the market and such an open space, such an untapped space and mm. um, mixing our background of fashion that also is so important to us and blending it with golf was um, a no brainer. And luckily Hayden thought it was a good idea oh too my gosh. And, the best and, idea. <laughs> and jumped on board. <sighs> So how did that call go? What did this look like? You guys hadn't spoken in a while. Hayden's name keeps coming up. Hayden, you get a call. Yeah. What's, the, what's the pitch? What's the pitch that she gave you? What, what did that look like? Well, I actually got an email. I um, was down in Hilton Head with my family, you know, was home during COVID. New York was a disaster. And yep. I'd probably been home for a month, like 
Coco Shop was on pause. Um, I'll get into this, but I actually had gotten a different job offer that was also on pause. And Rochelle, who, I mean, we had kept up over the years. I'd see her in New York on buying trips and, you know, on Instagram. But to get an email from her, I was like, oh, what's up? Like, (laughs) opening it um, down in Hilton Head with my family. And she pretty much just summarized, you know, this whole concept of Birdie Goff. You know, at that point, we still hadn't picked up picked out the name or anything, but it was this whole idea of, you know, starting a women's golf brand. There's absolutely nothing on the market. Um, why has no one done this? And within reading it, I was, you know, astonished. I was so already captivated in doing this with her. I talked it over with my parents. I feel like the whole trip and uh, it really came to fruition. Probably a month later, we met up, had coffee. I kind of thought, you know, maybe I'll freelance for her, help her get started. And then I feel like within an hour of chatting, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to do this with you. Wow. Um, decided to move back to Charlotte within like three weeks. Oh, I flew up New York and moved out all of my stuff and flew back and got an apartment and we started working on it. So it really was very speedy. And I mean, I knew I had to do this with her. It's so funny too, because I feel like Hayden <laughs> is so great to have on board too, because it my idea became a, more of a reality. I was like, oh crap, we actually have to do this now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which no, which it's is scary, which is exciting. so scary. But honestly, I think without Hayden coming on board, I wouldn't have gotten, well, there's no <laughs> chance I would have gotten as far as we are now, but it's it was so nice to have her energy and her really believe in the brand that it really solidified everything for us. Gosh, I'm just, I'm so impressed because you hear about founder stories, you hear about how people come together. This might be one of the most organic and just complimentary founders that, that I've spoken with in that you guys weren't, you know, best friends from life, from childhood. I've had a lot of founders who, who are on here and they were best friends from diapers, which is amazing that that's their story. But I think this one is so relatable. You can't create a best yeah. friend from diapers, you know, that just happens. And for you two to be able to come together and be like, yes, I want to do this. And even the commitment of, yes, I'll move back to Charlotte. Let's go for it. So where did you even begin? You, I mean, you guys are meeting up. You're, are you designing first? Are you finding manufacturers first? And, and quick pause, could not agree with you more because anytime I go into a golf store, things are like highlighter oh yellow, highlighter pink. I'm like, oh my gosh. And to see what you guys have made, and those of you who are listening, you need to go and check it out. It's so chic. It's so beautiful. I am. I don't even play golf very much. I want to play golf because of what you guys have made. So tell us what those first conversations looked like. What was the first step once you both are in, you're doing this thing? I think we really started with kind of the research piece. Again, mm-hmm. we always tell people, I had my mother send, I mean, <laughs> hundreds of boxes of pictures of my grandmother yeah. and her wow. friends on the golf course. They're incredible. So it, that was the best part of the process for me was really reminiscing back on those days and and really honing in on what they were wearing and how they were accessorizing. So every piece in that first collection was truly built off something that we had seen in a photograph mm-hmm. of one of our two grandmothers. Mm. Hayden's grandmother was so chic. My Nana was a force to be reckoned with. So it was, we really wanted to implement that in the first collection to cr- really create a heritage brand and and really dedicate that whole um, 
the whole launch and everything about what we stand for to our grandmothers. So mm. that was super fun, just getting that off the, yep. the ground and and kind of finding prints that paired back to it. And um, maybe you want to speak to Springs because that's such a fun experience yeah. too. I feel like one of our favorite parts was, you know, what prints are we going to start with? We are both, we're so print crazy. We mm. love plaids, we love florals. We found that, you know, researching the market, most of the golf brands are heavy in solids, which, you know, we put here and there in our collections, but we wanted to bring, you know, our launch collection full of prints and very exciting pieces that people are like, wait, there's nothing like this out there. Um, mm. We found this awesome local printing company in Rock Hill, and we would go up there like weekly and look through their archives that date back to like hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And mm. we'd spend like eight hours a day looking through all these prints, thinking of how we could change them. You know, did, did this plaid look similar to that dress your grandmother was wearing? Like, if so, mm. let's you know work with this. So I think the initial design stages were the most fun because we're really, you know, not only designing our launch collection, but we're bringing the brand to life and what people are going to feel when they see the brand. Is it retro? Is it modern? And I mm. think we really did a good job with the colors and prints and silhouettes we chose. Mm-hmm. Yes, you definitely did. <laughs> you <laughs> definitely did. So you really focused on, and I'm always so curious to hear, you know, the the thoughts behind it. I feel like you guys tapped into the inspiration for the brand and then you move forward with the product. At what point did you land on the name? And is there any story or conversation around pinpointing what the name was going to be? So again, <laughs> so our LLC is Lena Cole, which is my grandmother's name. Oh. And Bird is actually a family name. So my grandfather's name is Bird. I have an oh. Uncle Bird. I have an aunt named Boucher, which is a <laughs> oh hybrid of Bird and Cherry. <laughs> so Bird is really, um, I knew something um, had to be yeah. called Bird because, again, the nickname was always Birdie. Mm. So a natural fit for golf, obviously. So that's why it has the Y in there. Um, So it's, it was really named after my grandfather. So it was nice to kind of plug in his name and also my grandmother's too, because a lot of these pictures that we were referencing early days, my grandfather was in the pictures too. And he um, honestly, he stole the show too half the time. And he was always (laughs) wearing really loud tartan trousers and a crazy bucket hat and then a short sleeve button down that had a, a, a hideous Hawaiian print on it. Um, so between the two of them, it's, it really, this whole thing is really dedicated to them. And it, it is so nice to always make the connection that Birdie is my grandfather. Hmm. Uh, so it, it, it's always close to my heart. Yeah. And then I feel like when you came in, um, we established, okay, this has to be Bird, this has to be Birdie. Um, it became Birdie Goff. And then I feel like within the first three months of working with our amazing branding team, we added in social wear because, mm. you know, I think Birdie is not just a golf brand. It's a social brand. It's girls with friends drinking cocktails on the course. And, you know, it's not just golf now. It's tennis and pickleball and you know, walking down the street in your birdie dress, it's, it's definitely a lifestyle brand. So social wear really plays into the whole branding and the personality of the brand. 
It's so um, cool. It's so yeah. smart too, because it really does take you from, I mean, like I said earlier, you guys make me want to play golf with your pieces. I'm like, I got to get on the golf course. My husband will be thrilled after this call. But then to add in that social wear, well, tell me this, because this is something that I think is really cool. And I would be curious to know your thoughts. You just mentioned you were able to bring in kind of an outside guide, a, a kind of, um, what, what did you call them just then? A brand? Branding. Yeah. yeah, brand okay, brand management or, or whatnot. What was your decision? Because I know that founders, you guys have to outsource something. You have to have people come in and assist in different areas. So what was the decision like for you guys to bring in someone to really help guide you and take things to the next level in that regard? Yeah, I it's a really good point because we can only do so much and it is really nice to have kind mm-hmm. of all your ideas in this bag, metaphorical bag, and then regurgitate it to another team and then kind of also have a shared vision, but really kind of take you to the next level. Um, And Hayden had worked with them previously, which was incredible. So there was already a great rapport and it's a team of all women too. So between, I think there was five of us total on the team. It was just so organic, so much fun. And they immediately caught on to what we were trying to um, emulate, but yeah. essentially they, they could code, they could <laughs> do all the graphic design that we can't do. So it was, it was so nice to, to take that off our plate because again, it is the two of us and, and you do have to outsource cause that's something that yeah. we, that's not in our wheelhouse. Yeah. I feel like they really helped us bring not only like the branding and the fonts and the logo together, but they killed it on our website. I mean, yeah. I feel like we meet people every day who not only, you know, hopefully they love the clothing, but they really love our branding, which I think speaks to the personality of Birdie. I mean, down to the Birdie is in all caps and a block font and golf is in cursive. It's very playful and whimsical and brings back that retro heritage for us. So, I mean, I think they did an incredible job. No, they totally did. The and for those who haven't seen the branding, you need to go and check it out. The um the thought and inspiration that I have that I can tie in with yours, and I think you guys are gonna find this, I would think this is a massive compliment, would be it reminds me actually of the Beverly Hills Hotel branding, which is oh my God. yeah, of I course. That. I think that's a future yeah, I think that's a future collaboration for you guys because um it's it. yeah, it's one of yeah, it's one of my favorite hotels. And anyways, it just came to mind that cursive, that look, the colors. Um, okay. Anyways, side note, I'm all, I'm all off onto future collaborations for you both, but it's so fun to think. So you guys are bringing in teams. You are really committed to moving this thing forward and you're working on manufacturing. What did it look like to actually get pieces in your hands? And then what did you do with them? Did you guys launch with the website? Did you do house parties? What did it look like to not only have a brand, but push the product out and say, we have stuff available for you. It's so funny to think <laughs> about. And we love referencing when you're scrolling through old photos, you'll come across um, a sample that's in a muslin fabric. So it's a really kind of cheap cotton fabric, essentially. Um, so you can test out the silhouette, fit, et cetera. And it's so funny to see those pictures <laughs> and be like, oh my gosh, we, this is, so this is how this started. <laughs> or like our very original sample, you're like, how yeah. would you ever even consider to approve that? Yeah. So just the tweaks and the the mistakes and the fixes along the way, yeah. it, it's every day is such a huge learning curve for us, which is so incredible. And we wouldn't have it any other way. But I think 
going back to our very first sales, I, we sold hats the very first thing I'll never forget. And we were DMing people yeah. being like, you can Venmo us for them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you've already got you that. Can, yeah. Put a, put a check in the mail. <laughs> Do whatever. Yeah. Um, but it truly was such an organic start. And again, we wouldn't have had it any other way. And and it really felt kind of homegrown, but in the best way. And mm-hmm. And we had so much support from not only our friends and family, but I'll never forget on launch day on the back end of our platform where you can see where sales are coming in. Mm-hmm. It's essentially a whole entire map of the United States. And it'll kind of light up and ping as orders come in from each state. And I think we were both in tears oh just on launch day, seeing like the whole basically yeah. map light up. Um, people and thinking, actually want this. <laughs> people want this. This is, we're not just kind of throwing this yeah. into thin air. And um, then our site crashed shortly after that. <laughs> we were so stressed. Um, but I also remember uh, we work with a great manufacturer in New York, which is, I love because I can fly up there and be in my favorite city again. But oh, we yes. flew up there and saw the product for the first time, which I guess a few weeks later, we went down to Palm Beach and shot the collection with our samples. But just seeing your sketches and your prints come to life is, especially for the first time with the business, it's, it's unimaginable. We were just absolutely thrilled. Thrilled, but it's also terrifying. (laughs) I have to be honest. It was you, it's almost like when you paint something, for instance, and you're looking at it for so long, you're like, oh my gosh, like, is this this even good? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Scary and exciting. There was so much, I mean, I feel like we're always doubting ourselves, but at the same time, pushing each other along and, um, it's such a terrifying moment, but it's, I mean, it's so rewarding in the end, but it's, you're so vulnerable in that moment because you're mm-hmm. being judged by everyone oh, who yeah. is truly buying something. And, and ev- obviously we're our biggest critics, but you get really lovely emails sometimes, mm-hmm. but you also get some feedback that you always, you don't really want to hear, but yeah. I think that's what's really helped us grow and, and continue to evolve the collections. And, yeah. um, but it's definitely a humbling experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to put, I mean, I'm I'm kind of thinking because I'm not a product based, you know, business or, yeah. or entity. I'm thinking about the product and the manufacturing. And tell us this: for your launch, are you buying a chunk of your product and then it's sitting in the manufacturer's location waiting to ship, or are you guys shipping it? What does that that look like? for the launch and for birdie now well early days we were shipping <laughs> out of what we called birdie hq aka my house oh my god i lived there <laughs> yeah so hayden had a key to my house we packed orders every single day and keep in mind i was i still had my day job during this time so right. eight to five then we would come home pack orders from eight to ten yeah, um, i pretty much had moved in her, hayden- poor, her poor fiance <laughs> Yeah. So Hayden had moved into my house and we, yeah, so we pack everything still to this day, we pack everything. And again, I think that was a really important part for our branding is our hands are on every package that goes out and, and making sure it looks really lovely. And there's a beautiful hang tag and a handwritten note. So I think that that's here to stay for a while. (laughs) Um, And we really enjoy that. And just learning who the person is and where they're ordering from is really important. I think, especially when designing and picking out fabrics. Um, so that is, I mean, it's definitely 
a huge part of our day, but yeah. something that we feel really um, is super important to have hands on, especially so early in the stage. Hmm. Well, and to think of you guys doing that and continuing to, I personally am always just so impressed with with the products that people are creating, making, having it come to them and then putting it out and making sure that clients get it, like you said, in the way that you would hope and expect and dream of people getting their hands on your product and that you're able to have a say in that and to do what you need to do to make it perfect. It's it's always so impressive to me. I'm I'm always love hearing those little detailed elements. But the main thing that's just staring, I'm just staring at this on my notes, launched in March of 2021. So to think of what you guys have been up to, I'd love to know what did that launch season look like? Because again, we're, you guys are about to hit a year, congratulations. But what were some steps that you all took to make sure that people knew about Birdie, um, to make sure that people were excited about it? What did some of that look like for you guys to get the word out previous to the launch and and have those lights pop up on the map as you're seeing people shop? I think we, I mean, honestly, again, it was so organic. We truly, everything yeah. was word of mouth. And from the second we launched, we started doing fun trunk shows and pop-ups. Uh, we started locally and now we've started to travel quite a lot with them. But early days, we tried to get in front of the collection as much as possible. Yeah. I think when you're introducing a new brand, you always, or at least I do always want to meet the founder to hear the story. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we've learned too throughout the pandemic is people want this really personal touch and really want to be super engaged with a brand yeah. now more so than ever. Um, so we were always, I mean, soliciting, yeah. Every week <laughs> we would go to a store and be like, can we do a pop-up? Yeah. Can we do a trunk show at your house? Can uh, we borrow yeah. <laughs> your sprinter van for a few days? I, um, I feel like we had no shame, like on Instagram. I mean, we were DMing girls left and right, you know, introducing yeah. them to the brand and wanting them, you know, wanting to get them in birdie. So, I mean, you, you can't have any shame when starting a business because, mm. That's what you have to do. <laughs> yeah. So we definitely were hustling our butts mm -hmm. off. And, um, but it was so much fun, though, selling. Our favorite thing to do is hop on a plane, go sell a collection in Houston for the day, and then turn around and then be in Florida the next day with a collection. So I think for us, it's the most natural way for us to grow hmm. because as much as you can promote on Instagram <laughs> or social media, there's just something about really meeting these women and totally just like grinding out mm -hmm. long trunk shows and, and being in the dressing room with them because it ultimately it's helped us at the end of the day. But it was, I mean, long, long nights, <laughs> long sleepless nights, but it was just a lot of just hustling, hustling <laughs> and asking for favors and, and people really were so kind yeah. to spread the word, especially in the, in the beginning. Mm. It's making me think about, I, I had a recording yesterday with Bradley Agatha. Um, she's out of Dallas and she made the great point. And I've, I've actually never heard this, but it's so relatable to what you just shared. Um, if you build it, they won't always come. You got to keep going. You got to keep yeah. building. And it's really going to be fun 
again, because I mean, for you guys, next month, you're going to celebrate one year. We're going to continue to see you build. But to hear of the foundation you've already laid and the success you've already seen in such a short time, uh, it's really fun to be a part of for us to be able to get to know you guys and hear more. I would love to know, are there any instances throughout the last year or, or perhaps your careers in general that you'd say failure actually helped shape it? That's such a great question, honestly. And I mean, there's so many yeah. things that I kind of tap into when I think about that. But I, it makes me go back to kind of early days when I was applying for colleges. And mm. and I I truly, I'll never forget like the guidance counselor was like, <laughs> okay, you have to apply to three universities. And I was like, well, I'm only applying to one because I'm only going to SCAD, <laughs> which was Savannah College of Art and Design, which yep. is, if you know me, that's so me. I, I'm always, yep. like, I have my heart set on something and I'm not wavering. Uh, <laughs> so I got into SCAD. I was like, okay, I'm going to SCAD. And then there's a long story short, I ended up not going to SCAD. Hmm. Um, so I was like, oh my gosh, I have to apply to another college. <laughs> <laughs> so last Wait, minute applied to UNCG, which is a, a small liberal arts school and doesn't have a design program. But I think from that kind of failure in my eyes, I look at it now and I would not be the business owner or businesswoman that I am today with both me and Hayden having a design degree. I think mm. it became me or it, I became more business minded through kind of that communications and media studies degree, oddly enough, to where I kind of do our back end accounting. Like it gave me a different mindset to not just be so focused on design and fashion and I think it really kind of expanded my worldview of what other qualities or life skills does it take to start a business and let Hayden really <laughs> hone in on that design piece. Um, Cause I think we wouldn't be very far if both of us no, just had a design grade definitely not. degree. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Hayden, any thoughts on that as well? Yeah, I was just thinking I, it's something I touched on earlier. Um, Back in 2018, when I was transitioning from Coco Shop to Birdie, um, I actually took a job in between. You know, this was a week before I had to go home for COVID. Such a such a bad time to take a new job, but I got a great opportunity to uh, assist the event designer Bronson Van Wyk. I don't know mm. if you're familiar with him, but I always loved his work, um, which was crazy because I'd been in apparel and fashion for a few years, you know, interning in the city. And I completely took a career switch. I went from designing and doing production for Coco Shop to taking a job with an event planner. And I was, I mean, over the moon telling all my friends was so excited for this new chapter of my life. And surely enough, I'm home a week later. My job is on pause. Mm. I'm so stressed. This was March. And then Probably in late April, I hear, you know, we can't take you on. Mm -hmm. It's COVID. Yeah, we're not hiring you for the job. And I mean, to me, it was such a failure. I was over the moon about this job and, you know, gearing up. My Pinterest was going with event oh. design. Um, but I look back now and I'm like, that was such a weird phase of life. I never got to start this job. But I mean, thank God I didn't because I would have never decided to go into business with Rochelle. So Hmm. Um, a failure that turned out, you know, awesome in my favor. So hmm. very fortunate for that. So fortunate and so um, 
relatable now. I, even as you're sharing your story, I had a role. This is actually cool. I had a role um, that I was going to take on at a radio station and was oh, wow. excited about that. Lo and behold, similar to you, COVID happens. They can't take me on. There's no you know, payment opportunity there. And for you, there's no right. events. Nobody's going <laughs> to anything. And lo and behold, I'm like, well, I've always wanted to talk into a microphone, so I just need to do a podcast. So I love that we're able, we're in a season now post COVID that we're able to hopefully, and for those of you who don't feel like you can relate to this, that's okay too. There's going to be things that pan out for you in the most perfect way. So just an encouragement there, but some of us, we can really look back and say, okay, it all panned out as it should. And for you guys to now be doing what you're doing on the flip side of that, I'd love to know what's been a real wow moment with Birdie. Um, for me, I love, gosh, there's so many, but I love celebrating (laughs) the little wins and I'll never forget. It was our very first e-commerce shoot. So our pictures for our website and my mom happened to be in town (laughs) and I will never forget. I saw her out of the corner of my eye and she was crying and that for me, I was like, okay, this is probably the best day of my life. Like seeing these women kind of behind the scenes. We had we have our photographer who we use still to this day. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. And these awesome models. But then to have my mom experience that, I think it was yeah. it was like the first wow moment where I was like, oh my gosh, we are creating something that is kind of bigger than us. And mm-hmm. and just knowing that a lot that my our both of our moms have been so involved. I mean, yeah. between them kind of helping us pack boxes and um my mom like basically passing out my business card at church every Sunday. (laughs) Um, But just seeing her and and just knowing that how proud she was of us in that moment, that was just probably one of the, I'll never forget that visual ever. So Mm. it's, it's so special. And I, I hope that moment lives on forever. Mm. I would say probably for myself. um, I mean, similar to Rochelle and what she said earlier would probably going back to that launch day, I mean, seeing the sales come in and, and the site crashing and, you know, we looked at each other like, wait, people, people actually want this, um, was just so exciting. And it kind of makes you realize, you know, this is happening. We're, we're going into business and we have to recut and, you know, the whole journey started from there, but definitely that first launch day was my biggest wow moment so far. Well, I love that you say so far too. And I love that right off the bat, there's that example of looking over and seeing your mom. I've had similar emotions, but not so much like at a photo shoot and really your mom is seeing everything come together. And I have no doubt that memory will live on in, in your life forever. So I just think that's such an amazing thought as well as just seeing it grow, seeing what you are hoping for come to fruition. Um, I mean, I've got chills over here. It's it's so fun to hear. And I personally just love that this is literally the beginning. Like I cannot wait to continue to see what you guys learn, you know, where this takes you. Um, and it's just amazing to hear the behind the scenes and get a little taste of what your experience has been like so far. Um, with that in mind, and I always love to preface, this is a little bit of a loaded question, but I would love to know what is perhaps the greatest lesson you both have learned? I think for me, it's, I mean, timing is everything. And I do truly believe 
that like God's timing is so perfect. And mm. even if I was to launch this brand pre COVID, I, and I feel like I, I'm mentioning COVID a lot, which is so annoying. <laughs> right. But, it's like, no, um, I, I hate referencing it, but I know I, I just don't think it would have had the same impact yeah. as it has post COVID and just what it's done for, for women and golf as a sport mm. and as a whole. Um, so I always think, cause I'm such an inpatient person, like I, <laughs> I have an idea and I want it to come to fruition overnight. So I do think like timing is everything. And, and we always, when we're talking to other young women who want to start a business or have an idea that they want to roll out, I always say, don't yeah. rush it. Like it's, it's going to happen exactly when it's supposed to. Mm. Um, and I feel like I still have to beat that into my head every single day, but just knowing that timing is everything and and living in the moment and really again celebrating those little wins but um knowing that your time will come Mm. and things happen when they should happen definitely Mm. yeah I would say I mean I completely agree and something we were talking about earlier is the people that we meet at these trunk shows and events throughout the year I mean I feel like so many of these women and also men have come back with something to help us with or something to offer. We meet people every day and have made the greatest connections in the golf world that, you know, some woman we met in Sea Island helped us plan, you know, a future trunk show and introduced us to so-and-so. And I just would tell anyone starting a business or any young girl starting their career, I mean, the connections you meet and, you know, be kind and very generous with everyone you meet. You just have no idea how they'll affect your life in the future. Mm. Um, I mean, we've been so fortunate with the connections and people we've made. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. So fun to think too. To me, I'm just, I just keep wanting to reiterate, this is just the beginning. So if you're listening years from now, go see where Birdie Golf is. I honestly can't imagine. And I think you guys are doing everything as you should. I love just the thoughts. Timing is everything. It's going to pan out. The question that came to mind as you were saying that was, what's the rush as well? Ah, enjoy this season. Enjoy the the idea stage. Enjoy the coming together stage. Every single step along the way, it's going to come together. And two, uh, Hayden, one thing that I just put together as well, how cool is it that perhaps there was a missed opportunity in the event space, but look at you now, literally creating events wherever you want with your own product. True. It works out well. It's full circle. It is all full circle. And you guys have done a beautiful job sharing it with us today. And and I know this, I know this about you from, gosh, being introduced to you, but also being able to speak with you now, you always have something coming up. So what can we be on the lookout for? What's next for you? Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is probably, I live for collaborations and exclusives. I'm the person (laughs) in the call where someone's like, can you do something? I'm like, yes, we can absolutely do whatever you want. Wait and where? Hate it is like, oh my gosh, Rochelle, reel it in. We cannot do that. And also it's not going to be available next week. I'm like, oh yeah, we can do that. Try next fall. (laughs) Um, But for me, I'm so, so, so excited. We are getting ready. Also, you've heard it here first. We're getting ready to launch... um, our Sue Sarter collaboration. Woo! Oh my gosh. So we adore Sue. She's based in um, New Orleans, but makes, it is what I call the sisterhood of the traveling dress. Typically yep. they're like one size fits all and everyone looks amazing in them. Yep. So we have a really fun collaboration coming out with her. 
um, that, and we just launched with Over the Moon. We have a collaboration coming out with them in May. Uh-huh. So just so many fun things coming yeah. down the pipeline. We love partnering with other brands and and really kind of spreading um, our kind of network through other collections. So we're super excited about those coming up. Oh my gosh. Well, you guys are collaborating and partnering with some incredible people. So we will stay tuned. Ladies, is there anything we didn't cover today that you'd like to? Hmm. I always love telling people to, again, kind of to my point earlier, that we love, love, love meeting people. And Mm. so nice to hear from people. whether good or bad, honestly, just love making any and all connections. So if there's any sort of questions on the collection or sizing or what have you, please reach out to us either through Instagram or um, our shop info email. (laughs) You can email us directly, honestly. Um, So definitely get on our website and try to connect with us because I think we we always love hearing from you and, and it helps us so much too, just to really engage with this golfing community. And I think it's such a growing community and, Mm. and we really want to champion it and really help flourish the golf industry. So Mm. always love love meeting new women. Uh, Well, that ties in nicely with, with my next thought, because there is a theme, there's a theme for both of you within your careers, connection and networking, but in a really genuine way. So I'm really excited to ask you, who do you know that should maybe come on and share their story? Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, one of my dear, dear friends who Rochelle has also come to know, um, Coley Collett, she is a Charlotte native and she just launched an incredible company called Coley Home. Um, they are, their whole slogan is bed in a box. She also was a New Yorker and lived in the city and realized that she could not get furniture to her apartment quickly, anything cute, nothing would come fast. So she moved back to Charlotte and invented Coley Home, which um, you can get your bed in a box within like two weeks, which is so crazy. It's all custom prints that she designs. Um, So that's another startup in Charlotte that we love being with. Okay. I love it because I literally um, accidentally... Yeah, my comforter I just got rid of. So I'm very happy to know. Yeah, check it out. I will. I will check out Coley and you guys will have to stay tuned for a potential episode with her. And Rochelle, I know you were just mentioning a little bit where people can connect with you guys, but but do tell us where can listeners find you? So our Instagram is at Birdie golf social mm-hmm. same with our website so birdiegolfsocial.com but feel free to also reach out to us at info at shop um so we're, we're always available 24 <laughs> <Hey>, 7 <laughs> that's an amazing promise well you guys this has been so much fun i am so grateful to both of you for joining me and thank you for your time today Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next Tuesday for a new episode. We will talk to you soon.